You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I'm your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm seer of signs, Gordy. You know, you missed some signs that you could have seen coming my way. Did I? By the way. Since I have been out of commission for about two weeks now. (laughs) What did I miss? Uh, Disease. Hmm. Headed straight towards me like a freight truck. Hmm. In the form of friends and family during the holidays. (laughs) Um, I've never, I've never interpreted any of them. So you see them. It could be that, that that's what one of them meant. I just didn't know that that's what it meant. That's true. I can't we'd place to, it all on your feet. We'd have to listen back and connect the dots. Because that is that is the problem with a lot of prophecy and portent, is that it only makes sense after the fact. It's kind of like seeing a sign written in Japanese when you only speak English. Kind, kind, kind of, yeah. <laughs> you can certainly see it, but what it means is lost upon you. I did I did see a new one. I don't know if it heralds disease uh, or what. But just just be aware. It's yeah. out there. You know those, like, uh, kind of trailing ivy plants? Yeah. Yeah. Looking at one right now. Yeah. There was one growing outside, and its vine spelled out society. <laughs> to make of that what you will. Society is a creeping invasive plant from England? Uh, Sure. That's that's an interpretation, which I, I will not do. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Above your pay grade. Yeah, I don't want to be on the hook for what any of these mean, as 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 we've discovered today. I don't want to chomp on your bit, Gordy, but I may have seen a side myself recently. There's no exclusivity here. <laughs> I should say, I see some of the signs. Sure. But I can't be everywhere. Sure, yeah. You couldn't be in my apartment two nights ago when there was a big, big bug on my desk in the middle of fucking December. Is that a sign? And I said to that bug, why are you alive, sir? It is December. Now, is that a sign or is that a a coincidence? I think it's a sign of uh, the times, certainly. Oh, sure. That's a good one, because that could be anything and mean anything. (laughs) Yeah, this is generally the time when... We don't have to really worry about the bugs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't even spray around here anymore in December. Because why would you? And yet, here they are on my desk. We still occasionally get the kitchen ants, and I'm like, what are you doing? It is December. (laughs) And it's it's always like one or two. It's like, Mm -hmm. why are you lost in here? What are you after? (laughs) You can't have espresso, so why are you over there? (laughs) You are the chosen one of your people, and you're wasting your time in my kitchen. Go be a hero in the the vast lawn full of deer poop <laughs> that Freybug's very good at finding. 
So this is going to be a fun week because this is one of those cases where I noted a fairy tale for a previous week and then the recording didn't happen because life happened instead. Uh huh. So I don't know <laughs> what I'm reading today. <laughs> that was a lifetime ago. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I had the um, Nerdy Wonderland show last Sunday, which is the one that Mark, whose voice you hear at the beginning of this podcast every time it plays, <laughs> and I organized at a local brewery. And uh, we did not expect the crowds that turn out yeah no it's one of those like i was tossing and turning the entire week before like i hope the vendors at least make table like i don't want to be one of those events that Uh i have definitely vended at a lot of them in breweries Uh um and so just like panicked and then you know it started out pretty slow in the morning and i was like oh no we failed (laughs) and then it was dragon con vendor hall levels of shuffle room not because we had Dragon Con crowds, but because a brewery is not a placement for this kind Any of thing kind to of happen crowd. in it. Um, but we did have really good crowds and a really good show, and everyone was was patient and kind in spite of our space limitations. Um, and the the brewery was awesome, and also had to shut down the kitchen briefly to catch up with everything because <laughs> uh, none of us expected the crowds. Uh huh. That came out for a first time event. Um, so, so, do you expect it to occur again? That's the the thought. We are recovering uh-huh. currently. Sure. Um, I know Mark just now did... is the time for retrospection. Right. Yeah, I know Mark just did um, our sister event, uh, Nerdy Noel in Huntsville. Uh, so I suspect he will have more brain after uh, that's happening. Actually, currently, as we're recording, so you'll probably have a little bit more brain to talk about things after that. Uh, Because it's amazing how much of your energy these things take, (laughs) even when you're not organizing them. Um, So yeah, they could not record at the end because it was almost seven by the time we got the last of the vendors cleared out of the venue. And then I had about an hour's drive home. And a lot of exhaustion. So and that is a day. That is indeed a day, and that day um, superseded any events of this tale that I'm about to read in my memory. <laughs> so it'll be a fun discovery experience for all three of us. Yeah. So this is, I guess, not an entirely unique situation to us as it has happened in the past, but um, we do get to engage in interpreting your interpretation of an interpretation of a story right like what if this is typos the levels of (laughs) obfuscation have increased dramatically than usual yeah it's just it's another like strong entry in the telephone game of the oratory (laughs) tradition of folklore so where are we headed uh we're going to brazil uh this is courtesy of kid chaos so with a z that tells us yeah that tells us something uh and uh we are doing this from fairy tales with a z.com uh, the raddest fairy tale site on the internet see that's synergy with a z and this is the tale why the sea moans Ooh, that's something i would like to know it is a question that has boggled our minds for the ages it plagues me every time i visit a beach 
just look at it. And you just shout into the horizon. Why what the are you fuck moaning? are you sad about? <laughs> you have so We're the many... ones with. We have problems. Is it the pollution? Maybe. Maybe we do dump our problems or, into the sea or the fish piss. Maybe the uh, disgusting maelstrom of both. Yeah. The, the fine slurry that's created from our garbage and the piss of fish. And specifically fish. The other marine mammals, the ocean does not mind. Do you think that we'll ever reach a point where we accidentally create, like, a neo-primordial ooze via pollution and fish piss? I mean, didn't we kind of do that? Because they, they discovered that bacteria that has evolved to eat plastic. Yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> so, I think... Is that what Ferngully's about? I think so, right? <laughs> that's what. That's how we made Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry emerged from slurry. Was via pollution. Um, so this is a tale that was collected by Elsie Spicer Ells, who was born in 1880, and for some reason that was the only information I felt was relevant to write <laughs> down. So I'm going to do a quick... Um, Wikipedia situation on that. Yeah, she lived from 1880 to um, 1963. Wikipedia would like donations. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, she was an American folklore researcher who had Iberian roots and traveled across the Atlantic Basin. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so born in New York, traveled all over places. Uh, did a lot of work on traditional Brazilian tales. Died in Florida at the age of 82. So that's Elsie Spicer Ells. Or Eels. It's two E's and two L's. So I'm not entirely sure where the letters want to go on that. <laughs> um, so yeah. Shall we answer that burning question that plays you I think you it's tied? high time. Is it high time or is it high tide? It is both. Once there was a little princess in a magnificent palace with a great garden that had the usual array of fancy garden shit listed out. Flowers, check. Yeah. Spade, check. Fertilizer, check. Fairies, probably. Somewhere. Uh, Her favorite part of the garden was the corner that ran down to the sea. Which does sound like a pretty awesome part of a garden. More gardens should have that. Uh, the, the princess was very lonely, and she liked to watch the changing beauty of the sea, because I guess that's, like, company. How's that soil doing? I don't know much about gardening. I don't, yeah, I don't know that it likes salt that much. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I know that much. Uh, but maybe they imported some soil to, I don't know, there's stuff that grows in sandy loam. That's a soil type sure but is it like a garden or is it like grass what is a garden really yeah maybe it's a cultivated seagrass garden (laughs) (laughs) and it goes down into like a rock garden as it gets closer to the sea i feel like that's cheating i mean this is also royalty so they could very much have uh sent various heroes and peasants in search of good dirt in exchange for not cutting off their heads. And just kind of piled that around. In lieu of riddles. Right. 
Um, also, her name's Dionysia. Oh. Okay. Which is currently relevant because it seemed like the sea rushing against the shore kept saying Dionysia over and over again. Bit of a stretch, but I'll go with it. Yeah, it's a little, like, I'm sure there are names that could probably sound a little bit more. A little closer to what a wave crash sounds like. Which doesn't usually make a hard D noise. What about, like, Chris? Yeah. Or Cheryl. <laughs> I feel like you need, like, a, a, the shush sound somewhere. You do need shush in there. Like Sasha. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she's really lonely because that's quite an auditory hallucination to pull from the standard sounds of sea. Uh, or one day, just terribly vain. That too. Could be both. We are dealing with royalty here. Yeah. She is in her playpen, bounded <laughs> by the sea. Uh, one day she was sitting by herself by the sea, bemoaning her loneliness and wishing she had a playmate because she has seen other kids that have friends to play with but as a princess she is not allowed to have anyone if she was a a prince she could just snatch one of them out of the field and own them but yeah that's allowed yeah but uh, that princesses can't do that that's not okay i don't think my recording's picking this up but cricket has decided that now is the time to play with her puzzle toy (laughs) (laughs) so apologies if there's random clicking in the back of my recording that is our intern (laughs) um Let's just pretend she's using an abacus. Yeah, she's doing she's doing some quick calculations for us. The return of the math corner. <laughs> oh yeah, Cricket did have a math corner. <laughs> Forgot about that. She's been in retirement for so long. <laughs> Does she know that it never really happened? <laughs> no, I think that's a that's a hallucination Cricket clings to in her relaxed days on the guest bed. So if uh, Dionysia can't have children to play with, she would really like at least something alive to hang out with. Doesn't matter what, just it's got to be breathing. Not a lot of people in the castle? I guess not. She's just kind of sent to play in the garden all the time. Is any other person mentioned? Um, not yet. No servants or anything. Hmm. This could be like very 1970s America style parenting where they just send her outside for the entire day because they don't want to deal with it. Sure. It's like, good luck with the serial killers. Go play by the ocean by yourself. Uh, Then a remarkable thing happened. Her ocean-based auditory hallucination now became very distinct and real. Ooh. It was enunciating. It took some theater classes. (laughs) The ocean learned to enunciate. Yes. So she walked up to the sea as close as she could get without getting her royal shoes and stockings wet. And the uh, source material does specify royal shoes and stockings. Yes. Like any belongings of hers are usually given the, the royal indication in case you forget. Then, out of the biggest wave, came a sea serpent to meet her. Um, She knew it was a sea serpent because of pictures in her royal storybooks. Oh, okay. Which are different from, you know, the regular storybooks us peasants get. I was going to say you could probably know by looking at it. Yeah, like, it is serpent, and it is from the sea. (laughs) Serpentine, sea-ish. But, no, she, like, she studied... She's learned. And she can extrapolate because even 
like the serpent doesn't look exactly like the ones from the pictures. I bet those <laughs> so, pictures were pretty bad back then. And made a lot up. A lot of guessing. So, so even though she has not personally met a sea serpent prior to this exact moment, and this one looks gentle and good instead of fierce, she knows that a sea serpent. You look close enough to the police sketch. <laughs> uh, so she held her arms to it immediately. <laughs> Gimme. That this loneliness is pathological, and what she needs is not a sea serpent, but a therapist and a friend. And she says, come play. I am Labismina, and I have come to play with you, replied the sea serpent, theoretically in lieu of actually doing an action. <laughs> Just made this announcement in a very natural sort of way. So now the princess is a lot happier. The sea serpent comes out of the sea to play every day while she's alone. But if anyone else came near it, Labismina would disappear into the sea. I wish that it would go into detail about what the servant played. Checkers, maybe. Yeah. Old maid. Go fish. Just real dog shit stuff. Your your basic. Go fish, but with real fish. Tic tac toe, maybe the worst <laughs> game ever made. <laughs> and they play it every day. Constantly. Best of sixty. So the years passed rapidly. So they keep coming. They don't stop coming. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, and the princess kept evolving into larger and larger princesses. Yeah, like people do. I don't remember the exact phrasing. I just know it was an awkward phrasing for growing up. And it's, it sounded very much like Pokemon Evolutions. I don't think it used the word evolving. <laughs> you, yeah, you just... You simplified it for us. Yeah. And our so Pokemon-centric brains. She leveled up into bigger po- Pokemon... Yeah. Um, uh-huh. That's how it goes. Learned until she moves. was 16. Yeah. She got Gordy me. and I are very familiar, Carmen. I, I I mean, these notes are for you. Thank I've, you. I've I think completed Pokemon Go. You won it? I think I've I think I've beaten it. You you went. You Pokemon went. <laughs> now you can move on to Monster Hunter now. Yeah. There's a gym. My building is a gym, basically. And mm-hmm. due to frequent GPS glitches, I get a lot of walking in. <laughs> so I don't really have to go anywhere to do it. Pokemon stay. It's kind of a perpetual Pokemon machine now. Yeah. Like that game about making paper clips, but it's Pokeballs. Or something to that effect. So she kept evolving until she evolved into a 16-year-old and a very grown-up princess indeed. That's as we know from fairy tale times, sixteen is adulthood age. That's when you're yeah, it's all downhill after that. She still liked Labismina and often hung out on the shore, I guess gossiping and doing each other's hair slash scales. Uh one day when they were walking beside the sea, the serpent looked at Dionysia with sad eyes and said, I have also been growing older all these years because that's how time works. <laughs> You know this because you've read books. <laughs> you've studied it in your royal books. Uh, so now the time has come that we can't play anymore. We've passed that threshold. <laughs> we must grow up and no longer collect Pokemon cards. 
Uh, I shall never come out of the sea to play, but I will never forget you and always be your friend. This is why societal standards of adulthood are stupid. (laughs) Did the serpent just get tired of her? Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, this might just be a weak excuse. This sounds like an easy way to let someone down. Like, your teen years have been rough and I am done with it. (laughs) (laughs) This was fun when you were cute and small and played, but you're real moody these days. and I cannot listen to your inane problems any longer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for go fish and that's it. Trying to hone my craft and you're getting in the way. Uh, and then the serpent says, I hope you don't ever have any trouble, but if you do, just call my name and I'll come help you. But peace out. Bye. So it is a one creature animal A team that I think is just trying to very <laughs> politely. Yeah, just politely ghost a princess. Um, around this time, the wife of a neighboring king died. Hmm. An opening. And then, yep. <laughs> Uh, and then she gave the king a jeweled ring on her deathbed. Presumably these happened in reverse order of how they've been presented. And she told him, hey, when you want to get married again, make sure you marry a princess who fits this ring exactly. Whoa. And then I guess she she died at that point. That was her last wish. It's to Cinderella this ring. That's even like more precise than Cinderella, I feel. Yeah, I think yeah, you get more sh- wiggle room in a in a foot. Yeah, or a shoe. shoe sizes are a little more standardized. Yeah, I mean there are standard ring sizes too, but I don't. Yeah, but even then, I feel like you you typically get it tailored. No, <laughs> what's ta- what's the word for tailoring a ring? It is, no, it's tailored. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I wear a lot of rings. Yeah, I'd have to ask one of the jewelry craft vendors. <laughs> There, there are a lot of them that like have different ring sizes available, and they have uh, ring sizing charts so that you can put your finger like through different holes and figure out what your ring size is. I mean, you can it's a fun activity. You can take yeah. a ring to get adjusted in some mm-hmm. manner. Yeah, yeah. You can smack more metal on it. You can remove some metal. Also, like your finger size does fluctuate in a way that your shoe size doesn't. Usually. Um, so, like, the rings that fit me back in high school had to be cut off in COVID times. <laughs> so, this seems like a really weird needle to thread. I don't know if it's the worst criteria for marriage that we've encountered, but it is certainly not the best. Much more of a moving target. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe that was her her deathbed wish, is just to, like, annoy him. <laughs> well, it works. <laughs> Search for bride. Um, so after a little bit, I guess like a, an appropriate mourning period, the king began the princess hunt, and he tried the ring on a lot of fingers, but it was always too tight or too loose. Finally, he shows up at Dionysia's place. The princess, being a 16-year-old, kind of had a daydream going on involving a young, charming prince, like, sweeping her off her feet, etc. This ring might on it, literally? Yeah, like, this very daydream might have been the thing that annoyed the serpent into going back into the ocean. <laughs> it's like, I'm so sick of hearing about... Th- he doesn't exist. You don't. You can't even put a poster of him on the wall. He lives only in your head. Can we talk about anything else? It's your turn. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this widower, widower king showing up is a real bummer. 
Um, he is quite old and his handsome head expired. <laughs> He's past his shelf life. Uh, but the ring fits her perfectly, of course. So, you know, well, by law, she's that. his property. <laughs> by law of deathbed wish from a strange queen in a different country, uh, she belongs to him now. Your life is forfeit. Uh, so she asks her dad, who does exist and is around, Hey, do I have to? Yeah, sorry. And she, I didn't make the dumb deathbed promise. And her dad's like, yeah, it's true, but also he's rich and his house is really sweet, like way sweeter than ours, which is why we have to kick you out to go play by the ocean by yourself. Um, so he has no patience for her, also probably explaining the kicker out to play in the ocean by herself. Mm-hmm. And he says, you should consider yourself the most fortunate princess in the world. Why? Any Anyone wants you. One person wants you. Rough stuff. And he's rich. Dionysia falls back on the next available action available for a princess and spends solid days just weeping. You know, I think I would too in this case. She she learned two Pokemon moves in all of her evolutions, <laughs> and that was Beseech and Weep. So her father's afraid that all this weeping instead of regular meal intakes would make her finger too skinny for the ring. So to avoid any complications there, he just ramps up the wedding prep. Like, we just got to get ahead of this. (laughs) Before she drains herself of moisture. (laughs) Uh, One day she's hanging out by the sea, getting her daily weeping in. And then she stops crying because she learned a new Pokemon move, which is remember a thing previously said to her. And um, it's super effective. She's like, wait, I have a sea serpent friend who gave me an out. And with all my silly crying, I'd completely forgotten about all of it. Um, this is foreshadowing, by the way. Oh. So she called for a labismina, and the serpent showed up and listened to the whole situation, theoretically with the same kind of exhausted <laughs> demeanor with which she has listened to a lot of the princesses previously daydreamed situations. And the serpent says, cool. Um, tell your dad that you will marry the king when he presents to you a dress the color of the fields and all their flowers, and that you refuse to marry until he gives it to you. Because, look, here's the deal. You have a fourth move. <laughs> yeah, like, you should have learned it from the, um, uh, what's the, what's the, what are the little Pokemon discs? The TMs? Yeah. The dead wife TM should have taught <laughs> you this. <laughs> you just forgot to equip it. Because um, if she can make a directive that forces you to get married to this man, you can use some of this demanding power yourself. That's true. You can't <clears throat> say no to him. Like, that's illegal. <laughs> <I'm>, but you, <laughs> you can make hoops. I'm going to pretend that they're playing Uno in this situation. <laughs> Reverse. Just to make it even more ironic of a conversation. The sea serpent disappears, probably just completely done with this 16-year-old drama shit. <laughs> Uh, and her Dionysia uses her dad as a go-between to deliver this news, and I guess he's amenable to this because this falls within acceptable royalty rules for how you interact with each other. Check the book. It's all it's all good. Yep. All above board. You can't just say no, but you, you can make up all kinds of bullshit to delay things. Is it just because saying no is <clears throat> too boring? Like, you gotta... You gotta come up with something snazzy yeah it's you gotta gonna, use your pizzazz to get out of this situation it's no with flourish 
and putting on the feminist hat. This is this is one of the origins of the soft no <laughs> that uh, that girls learn from a young age to survive the world. Just an, an early example of that in play. So the king, the old king whose handsome has expired, is actually in love with her because she's young and pretty and that's all it takes. Uh, and she fits a ring, so that means that he doesn't have to look anymore. And I guess relief is is close enough to love if you squint. Um, so he's secretly filled Sadly, with Sadly, I do feel like that's the case for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just um, being relieved to be done with that whole thing. Right? Like, oh man, I can't look at another profile on the internet. You'll do. <laughs> um, so he's secretly filled with joy to have another task. And started his shopping journey. Maybe he just likes shopping. You know you can just do that. Yeah, but it's so you much more fun if you have a directive. That's the opposite of how I feel about shopping. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I have a thing that I need to find in a place, I hate it and it makes me feel sick. <laughs> if I'm going into a chaotic thrift store with absolutely no working order and can have no expectations of what I find in there, that's a riot. <laughs> Um, so this hunt for this dress is really tough, but he does find one and he sent it along to her. I don't know if the rules are that he has to find one extant in the wild, because I feel like probably you can hire somebody to commission, like, to make these things. Yeah, that had to be a stipulation is that it was pre-made. Surely if you're royalty, at least. It's gotta be off the rack. Because currently, you can do that, and back then, that was the way most clothes happened. Indeed. And it was a fairly recent thing to like, have pre-made garments, and it was considered a lower-class thing to purchase those in a lot of places. I don't know if that's universally true throughout ye olde times and nations, but it was true in some parts. And I'm not a historian, so I can be ignorant. So, the princess is like... Fuck, I thought Belk stopped carrying that ages ago. <laughs> there was no way, like, eBay hasn't been invented. How did he find this? Um, so she runs back to the sea and calls on her friend. And the serpent's like, look, you have you have PowerPoints to pull that move again. <laughs> like, you don't have to be demanding only once. Your PP so ask- is up. Yeah. I'm trying to teach you to fish. <laughs> The end of that proverb is teach a man to fish and he will leave you alone. <laughs> and he will finally go away. Yeah. Um, so go ask for a dress the color of the sea and all its fishes. I feel like that sounds like it's trickier than it actually is. I mean, the sea is a lot of different colors depending on weather. Y- you could just get rainbow dresses. Yeah. That is a color. They, they make them. And you can add neutrals to it. Sure. Cover the rest of it. We got gray fish. We got brown fish. Here's my terrible tie-dye dress. The king's very discouraged by this request because tie-dye hasn't been invented yet. Um, (laughs) But he searched and spent a shitload of money to finally acquire the gown. And invented (laughs) tie-dye. Through (laughs) R&D. This is the origin of tie-dye dresses. He funded tie-dye. So she goes back to the serpent and the serpent's like, all right. You got you got the powerpoints to pull this one more time. 
Let's try the sky and all of its stars next and tell them that this is the last one you'll ask for because you will need to go to a poke center. These requests are getting easier. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, one, that one should be pretty quick. I feel, I feel like, like the like, serpent's just flustered at this point. Like, I'm pretty sure one of my prom dresses fit that criteria. Yeah. And it wasn't expensive or difficult to find. Like, that's a pretty common source of inspiration for clothing in the fancy veins. I would say it is the source in the fancy veins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the king's completely disheartened to find that she had enough uh, PP to pull off this move one more time. Um, but he's relieved that this is the end to the hoops to jump through. And since it is the last one, he decided it might be a good investment after all and goes with all possible speed to find the dress. And he does finally buy one. <laughs> and he turns a corner and he finds it. Yeah, it's pro- it was probably super easy, barely an inconvenience. Um, it was actually in her closet already. He just had to yeah. play at it. <laughs> she had like six of them. <laughs> they were in style for a period of time. And like it was the only thing that you could find. So Dionysia goes back to the sea serpent. She's like, now the fuck what? Like this didn't solve anything. I just have more clothes than I did previously. <laughs> and I don't even want them. The serpent says, all right, now we do crime. So go go get all the dresses and come back to the sea for a surprise. I'm listening. So it turns out the shopping trips were not so much to get her out of marriage, but just a diversion tactic to give the serpent time to build a ship for her. <laughs> I see. Like, serpent just needed to buy time, and I guess that's why the request got easier. Because, like, I, <laughs> the ship's actually coming along just fine. We've had no building delays. Actually, I had a schedule. Yeah, like, my contractors are great. <laughs> um. So it's a strange little boat, as one might expect from a boat built by a serpent. And Dionysia was a little afraid to get into it. Uh, but Labismina is like, don't worry, I made it. And I, look, I have, I've, I'm a qualified <laughs> contractor. Here's my insurance information. Like, I, I've been doing, like, here's a list of my past clients and their satisfied reviews. It's fine. C is in my title. Yeah, like, I know C. I am C. And she says, it's going to take you far away to the kingdom of the most charming prince in the world. Fuck this old guy, right? Like, I, I have been listening to you. It's been exhausting, but I did pay attention. <laughs> so Dionysia, now that there is a hot booty at the end of this trip, is, is now overjoyed and no longer worried about any of the dangers involved because there's someone she can swoon over. She is very 16. And she was like, how can I thank you? And the serpent says, you can do the greatest thing in the world for me. Though I've never told you this in Dolnanian fashion, and I don't believe you've ever suspected it, because why would you? I'm really an enchanted princess yeah. and not a sea serpent at all. Whoa. Sure. Blowing my mind now. That's why I had the tenacity that I did to listen to all your sighs. That's why dangers. I know about dresses. Is, yeah, that is also why I have fashion knowledge. I have to be a sea serpent until the happiest maiden in all the world, at the hour of her greatest happiness, calls my name three times. Did she say happiest? Yeah. That so this so this is accomplished. Quantifiable. <laughs> yeah, like this is measurable. Also, I have the note to insert an inappropriate joke here. Okay. Because. <laughs> I feel like calling the serpent's name three times at the hour of the greatest happiness could be interpreted in ways with a capital W. (laughs) 
certainly. Should you choose to. It does uh, suggest certain activity. Right. Like, the three times thing. And, and like, wouldn't that be the weirdest thing (laughs) to witness? You've made someone very happy, and then they just call out, Lebismina, 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 very loudly in the middle of it. Yeah, but if you're if you're into it, it might be great. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it improves it. Um, and so she says, you'll be happiest on your wedding day. Yep. So call my name three times and I'll be free. Don't forget. It's really important to me. Super important. Small favor for everything I've done for you. Were there other candidates... Maybe that's, like, the sea serpents just kind of going around from shore to shore trying to find lonely princesses who might be made happy. Seems seems like we're starting with a pretty low baseline for happiness. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, it's olden times, so maybe there's not as much happiness to be had. It hasn't been cultivated yet. Sure. Uh, So she promises, the serpent makes her repeat the promise three times to make sure it sticks, because I think the serpent's probably worked with royalty before. (laughs) And they part ways. Dionysia gets to the lovely island. She figures this is her destination, because it's where the boat stopped, so, you know. What else does she have to go on? Steps out with her box of dresses, and then the, the boat immediately sails away. She's like, oh, well, shit. (laughs) Now what? I need to earn a living, and I've never done anything useful in all my life. It's just one of the more self-aware moments we've seen in royalty. How does one do that? How does does earn work? (laughs) That wasn't in any of my books. I've seen it happen, but I have not seen the mechanisms by which it happens. All four of my moves are taken up already. I can't do (laughs) earn. Income is not one of them. (laughs) <laughs> I'll have to. <laughs> she'll have to unlearn a move. Is it there is a Pokemon move called Payday, right? Where it just makes you money. Meowth, that's right. Yeah, yep. me- Meowth. Yeah, so she's got to get that that TM, and I guess unlearn dress demands. <laughs> it's pretty situational. She's gonna keep weeping. Uh huh. And she'll probably keep <clears throat> beseeching. Yeah, those are both more versatile. I think she's already forgotten call on, well, call on friend might cover the other move too. Like the other thing she has to do. Is that not beseech? And I think the calling on the serpent, like summon serpent Mm. was maybe the specific move. So maybe she has just forgotten that one meaning to put in the other TM. And then she'll replace the dress demands with (laughs) payday. So she goes door to door asking for food and work until she comes to the royal palace and they say, hey, we do need a maid to take care of the hens. Great. What are those? <laughs> are they in sea or garden? Because yeah, those we are the places I know. We don't have those on ocean. Uh, this was a very different job than what she was used to, which I'll is bet. presumably no job at all. Uh but it came with food and shelter, and it was preferable to marrying the old king. I guess. I don't... To each their uh, own, I suppose. Yeah, like... Handsome expired, but lifestyle I'm used to. Versus... No no king at all. Yes, chicken. <laughs> I'd probably go with yes, chicken, too. Chickens are great. 
They got eggs. They do got eggs, and I love an egg. Time passed, and then there was a great feast day, and everyone in the palace went, except for the maid who minded the hens. No eggs at the feast, huh? Or they took them all, and she had to console the hens, give them, <laughs> give them some therapy. Uh, when everyone was gone, she considers, ah, oh, maybe I'd like to go to the festa too. So no one's like told her she can't. She just, she you just know, chose not to. She she wasn't planning on it. Sure. <laughs> and then FOMO. <laughs> so she puts on that first gown that she got from the king. She ditched. Which she, like it does seem kind of like a dick move. I mean, she's she got him. She got him. Her dress. Waste not to use them. Yeah. I, I feel like this is maybe not one of our more honest <laughs> princess moments. It'd be different if he was a shit lord, but I think his primary uh, objectionable traits are handsome, expired, too old. That's what uh, we have been told, at least. Yeah, so uh, like she's just taken advantage of an old man who thinks she's cool, which is still gross. Because she is 16 and he sure. is old man. But it is fairy tale times gross, which is <clears throat> in this time acceptable levels of gross that she would have been groomed to understand as being acceptable levels of gross. It is extra super extreme gross nowadays. And he would be problematic for sure. And pro- I don't know. That's It's so hard to judge history by modern standards. I'm not qualified. Anyway, she's putting on a dress and everyone's like, oh, cool, this this is a hot lady. I wonder who she is. This is Cinderella again. We know how this goes. Uh, She slips away before the festa is over and puts on her handmade clothes again. There is no discernible reason why she needs to hide her identity. (laughs) Is that even what she's doing? I don't know. No one at the palace is mean to her. She doesn't have a, a mean stepmother or anything. Her life's not in danger. This old king's probably just sad and not hunting her. It would be more interesting if he was. <laughs> um, but if he was, like, just wearing these dresses would be identifying her. Except for this night sky one, which everyone's wearing. Uh, second day, she puts on the fish's dress. And the prince of this kingdom has now seen her twice and has registered her as existing. Um, I mean, and- in... In that fucking rainbow twinkly fish dress, I'm sure. Yeah. Hard to miss. Uh, And he also, I guess, pays more attention than most royalty and says, hey, she kind of looks like our hen lady. (laughs) And his mother's like, that's stupid bullshit, sweetheart. Use your brains. Why would a hen lady be a fish lady? Yeah, (laughs) that's a a fish dress, not a chicken dress. What is wrong with you? Pick up more books. We have so many royal books. You haven't touched any of your books. Uh, so the prince decides to make sure and asks his royal counselor to find out if the hen lady has been to the festa. It's just, it's just bothering him. She looks so much like the hen lady. Instead of just like asking her, are you the hen lady? Yeah. You can't do that. He needs that's someone to spy. That's direct communication. And I think this prince is a young. Too scary. Yeah. We got to do stratagems. So the servants are all like, I don't know, she's with the hens when we leave, she's with the hens when we're back. We don't, like, we don't have object permanence, so who knows what happens in between those times. There are no other times. There's only coming and, the and going. Is, 
So the prince can't extrapolate from this any information that's useful to him. And so he's just like, okay, well, I don't care anymore. Whoever she is, I'm horny for her. (laughs) Too difficult. Don't care. (laughs) Does it really matter? No. On to new emotions. (laughs) The the main emotion, horny. (laughs) Uh, So the third day she's wearing the night sky and star dress and probably so are six other people at the party. It's very embarrassing. (laughs) And the prince is like hubba hubba and he i think talks to her is implied he couldn't get her a dress from her like she wouldn't dox herself to him but (laughs) he does manage to give her a beautiful jewel so cool pretty exciting uh so the prince gets home and instigates royal prerogative by refusing to eat any food and growing very thin he also learns that move (laughs) fast yes Everyone's trying to tempt him with food, and finally the hen lady's like, I bet I can fix this. I've read stories in my royal books, I know what to do. Is that is that what's going to out her, is that she has book learning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She makes a dish of broth, which I like to assume is the only dish she knows how to make. It's just <laughs> <laughs> clear liquid. <laughs> just sort of slop. There's no ingredients in it, so it can't be slop, it, it is just broth. Mm. <laughs> She, but she, broth of what? Yeah, she just—I yeah. I don't know. She's just, around she chickens did. all day. Yeah, maybe. This she is probably my just famous gra- soup, cream of water. <laughs> <laughs> she maybe just grabbed a, like a box of the Kroger brand broth and poured it into a thing and put heat <laughs> on it. And it's like I cooked, I cooked royalty style, real chuffed with herself. And then she put the jewel in it. Which could be a cunning action, and it could also just be how royalty assumes food is made. So when the prince receives it, he's about to send it away like all the rest, but then he sees the jewel and he's like, Who did this? Who cooked this meal? (laughs) This intricate stew of nothing. (laughs) It's profound. And his mother says, Oh, the hen lady made that. Seems like low effort, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) To each their own. And he says, I fucking knew it. I knew that hot lady was the hen lady. I got you, mom. I'm not an idiot. So he marries her the next day before his mom can come up with a retort. Um, (laughs) She is the happiest girl in the world because she knew from the beginning he was the one for her, probably because the serpent told her that, like, I found a cool prince for you. You'll like him. His handsomeness is off the charts. Yeah. Uh, But she also forgot about the serpent entirely. And Labismina could not escape her curse and was trapped as a sea serpent forever because of Dionysia's neglect. (sighs) This was her one chance at not being serpent, so that's why her sad moan is heard in the sea until this very day. Perhaps you've noticed it. You'll hear the call come from the sea as it breaks against the shore. Dionysia. And no wonder... It is enough to make a sea serpent sad to be forgotten by the very person one has done the most to help. And that one's a direct quote. The end. (laughs) That's how the story, like, drops its mic. Well, that was a real bummer. (laughs) It was a bummer. Did it answer your burning question, Tyler? I mean, I feel like I had grokked what was going to happen pretty early on. Is that the sea serpent was going to be upset for eternity, apparently. Yeah, just wandering around. Can't find anyone else to be the happiest person <laughs> in the world. Yeah, surely there are others. I maybe. don't know, maybe. 
Maybe he just gets sick of trying after a while. Yeah. Like, this might not have been the serpent's first attempt. And then as <clears throat> population growth occurred, it became really hard to measure and quantify happiest person in the world. It became more, like, happy static. Easier to just wallow. Yeah. And, and moan. I feel like with so much of the story hinging, like the title and the entire moral of the story hinging on this concept that the sea sounds like it's saying someone's name when it slaps against the store, uh, some more effort should have been made in choosing a name that, <laughs> that sounds like Ocean. Be, yeah. The, the core conceit would be more believable. Yeah. Like, I also don't know that I would refer to that sound as moaning. Waves crashing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I figured they would be trying to explain... I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the sea moans. <laughs> yeah. Is the thing. <laughs> like, I didn't want like, to ruin they your, heard... your conceit at the beginning, Tyler, but I just don't think that's the sound sea makes. Maybe they heard whale cries and thought it was the sea. There's that, like, the big noise that they recorded uh-huh yeah that one maybe that's the serpent that being sucker like, <laughs> that that's the serpent being like there's fuck this bitch <laughs> there's a very easy change which is just why whales sound like they do and it's a whale instead of a serpent <laughs> yeah that that would fix it like why why whales sound so sad and it's because of this bitch though i don't it's because don't, they got fucked i don't know that whales are known to live around brazil they might, I don't know they that might be not I, known. I don't associate them with like that part of the world. Sure. I thought they were like more toward the poles, but no, who they're, knows? They're, like there are lots of different species of whales and there are plenty in the like middle Atlantic. Hmm. Okay. Well, and then, then they, they also no travel from pole to pole too. I'm not sure what whales would be more common around that area, especially, you know, pre the pollution we talked about and various other whale population reduction strategies humans have used ships moan yeah sure but but sea do not i mean there as we have said there are things in and on the sea that you could attribute the sound to the sea by mistake i'm not as bothered by that aspect but i do think that the sound they are attributing is gobbledygook nonsense <laughs> Yeah, like, on a lot of levels. <laughs> I feel uh, like the easiest fix to this is not making it an origin story of a phenomenon that doesn't really exist. That doesn't occur. <laughs> <laughs> like, just make it about Dionysia and the sea serpent. Like, that's fine. It, it doesn't need to explain anything. Because <laughs> it doesn't already. I guess you, it does kind of, like, free you up to be more creative, though, in your storytelling. If you remove the need to explain something. Yeah. Or if you if you say you're explaining something, but it is something that does not exist and never has existed. I mean, yeah, you, you can certainly create a premise that's a lie. Like, this is why dogs wash dishes on a full moon. <laughs> as, as we all seen As we've do. all observed. Uh, the story as is is kind of a fun wrinkle on the fairy uh, snake trial. That we've yeah. seen in the past. Well, we've, we've had serpents. We've, we've had, like, the greenish serpent mm -hmm. before. 
And I don't know if we classified them as as trapped fairies because they seemed anti-fairy or fairy victims. This might be another fairy victim situation. I was kind of assuming that uh, like she gambled hard and lost. <laughs> yeah, lost really bad. Yeah. Like that went real too. big. Like I, I will be a sea serpent and my task is to find the one happiest person on earth to say my name three times at the moment of their greatest happiness and in so doing will become the most powerful fairy alive. <laughs> yeah, that that would be a very fun backstory like that's a, for the That's serpent. a big swing. Yeah. And, and a she huge definitely miss. missed. <laughs> I suspect the story got Americanized quite a bit. Mm-hmm. In its translation, because there's not a lot about it that feels specifically Brazil. Like a lot of yeah, it feels very European. Pretty homogenized. Um, so I'm I'm going to assume that there were Americanized edits made to it along the way. I mean, maybe that's the name problem. It's possible, yeah. Like it probably was a name that made more sense and uh, <laughs> got turned into a when name it was... that sounds more Greek. Yeah, when it was retold, it was like, well, no one has a name like that. I'll I'll choose something fancier. I'm not familiar enough with like Brazilian language and and naming conventions to know if Dionysia would be a a common name in Brazil. Sure sounds Greek. Yeah, on instinct I'm going to say no, but certainly could be wrong. It was a large <laughs> festival in ancient Athens, so it's definitely a Greek word. <laughs> What's behind the name this shit? Let's spell this name correctly. Maybe that will help. <laughs> It is a late Roman name, feminine form Dionysus. You know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. The closest to a Brazilian use would be a Dionysia, which is a Portuguese feminine form of Dionysius. So it's still Greek derivative. Uh, in Brazilian por- Portuguese, it would be pronounced, um, I'm still probably going to mangle this, but uh, Gionysio. Which doesn't sound any closer to anything hitting the the shore of a sea. It's a weird one to pick in general because like Dionysus did not relate to her in any way. Yeah, she's not really a see. reveler. Yeah, it does seem like some European influence made its way across. Labis Mina seems to be specific to this tale. For the snake. Yeah. And that's Labis Mina sounds like a Dolnois made up name. Goes a little bit. I think story wise it's fine except for like failing to deliver on its premise. Which <laughs> you know isn't a small issue. It would be easy to fix by just switching the premise to be what the story is supposed to be. Which is a thing you can do when you, you know, write a draft. Right. Yeah, when you think your draft is about something and then you realize partway through that oh your thesis has actually shifted in the telling of the story. You just, you go fix the beginning. So it matches. <laughs> yeah, but they hadn't invented erasers still Yeah, yet. no erasers. So you just have to like cram in an explanation at the end when the, the reader is beginning to remember what the tale was called and being like, hey, wait, when's, when's the title going to figure into this Cinderella retelling? I think it's an interesting... Um, shift on the Cinderella tropes because the the ring and the ball aspects are reversed in order and and disconnected. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've seen that before 
I think we've we've seen Cinderella tropes for certain, but they've always followed the same timeline. It does kind of make both pointless. Yeah, it does a little bit. By uh, disconnecting them from one another. <laughs> the ring coming first is, I think, works better than the ball coming later because the ring at least still, like, was the thrust of the plot. Like, it, it caused a problem that she needed to fix. Yeah, it so added it still a mechanically worked as an element. But the balls just kind of happened, and um, then she made soup. Yep. And I think the, the, like, the token hidden in food thing has been a thing we've seen in other Cinderella retells, as well as mm-hmm. not Cinderella-based stories. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't work quite as... That whole sequence doesn't work quite as well in general. I think to, like, modernize this tale a little bit, we need more deplorable traits for the king. Um... Because, like, being an old man after a 16-year-old is a deplorable trait, but it was also an acceptable one in, in the time when a lot of fairy tales were, were being told. So, it, like, on its own, in the the grand scheme of fairy tales that use this relationship over and over again isn't the grossest thing he could be. I think just, like, really emphasizing that he is a shitbag and not just disappointing. Because it is it is presented not as it being a, a moral or repugnant problem that he is mm-hmm. old and his handsome is, has expired. It is presented as being a shallow issue. It's purely aesthetic. Yeah. Like, she she dreamed of someone hot, and he is not that. And by God, she will tend to chickens to get it if she has to. Right. And, like, there don't need to be more of the donkey skin style tales out there because those are uncomfortable enough they're important they're very important stories um but not every story needs to be that and not every Mm -hmm. deplorable trait of a king needs to lean in that direction um but he should probably have some character traits other than just being old less than attractive and in love with her yeah characterization at all would help yeah like maybe he eats babies or um just is very cruel to people in his country Uh, like she sees these these traits of cruelty and so like all of his overtures of love kind of fall flat because she's seen what he's capable of i don't know i just think a less shallow reason for her understanding of what is normal would make her uh less of an icky princess for (laughs) lying and taking advantage of him i mean if the goal is for us to be on her side certainly and if not like this doesn't you know stories don't have to have a good guy at all like everybody could be working their own angles and be kind of crappy these Um, are just things that happened yeah just depending on the tone you want to set so yeah he could be kind of gross and lecherous and she can be manipulative and self-serving and the serpent can be also manipulative and self-serving, but to a slightly lesser degree. But as it stands, it's a story about stupid royalty rules leading to crazy manipulations that don't matter in the end. And always keep your TMs up to date. (laughs) That's the real lesson. Make sure to properly rest your your pokemon at the center between battles so that they matter. don't forget vital moves 
So thank you to Kid Chaos for once again bringing us into the Riotous Fairy Tale site on the internet. Um, thank you to all of our patrons for sponsoring the show and keeping us free of ads. Uh, thank you to our top tier patrons, Realistic Duck, Badger McGee, Five-Headed Snake God, Allison, Frog Whisperer, Lucky, Lord of Dragons, Biblio Princess, Midori, Becca Lobster No Longer, The Other Haley, Kid Chaos with a Z, the second raddest folklore finder on the internet, Awkward, Hall Marxist, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spaghetto, Caitlin, A Fae That Craves All The Foods, Your Girl Olwen, Allie, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, The Darkness Gives Way To The Storm Clouds At The Borders Of May, No, Not Storm Clouds, Smoke She Thinks, Unsure, And Walks On, Versus Me, Your Local Persona Inspector, Pyrus, Nathan The Scott, A Secret Brother Who Gives Birth To Dolls, High Listus of Wimbus, Certain Man, A Dubious Little Creature, Haley Is Campaigning For All Patrons To Become Haley's, There Are More Of Us Than There Are Of You, Ao the Nightmare, Lily, Izzy, and also Jenna. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thank you, Doug. We're with the folklore. That's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.